Hello and welcome to Touchline from myself, Casper Els, and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Cas. Nice to be back in studio. Excited to chat with our guests tonight as we go on to another position specific topic and then everything else that has happened in the world of rugby. Yes, definitely. But before we get to that, um, unfortunately, we. Uh, we heard of the passing of Chris Beitendag from the Bulls. Um, South Africa has lost another incredible rugby giant. The legendary rugby coach passed at the age of 68. Uh, Beitendag described as one of the most passionate servants of the game. Passed away last week after losing his battle with cancer. Our condolences to friends and family and to the Bulls Rugby Union. Now going on to position specifics, we are joined tonight again by Donald Nguenya. Donald from the, the Sharks, coach education supervisor, 25 years coaching experience. Hello Donald. Hi Kaz, hi Mark. Hi Don, welcome back. Thank you. And then we are joined by Brandon Bailing. Uh, Brandon played at fly-off, outside centre and fullback. And he's actually an inside centre. Brandon is from Freyheit High School. He played for the KZN RU Dikers. He played in the Varsity Shield. Brandon played for Northwood Crusaders. He played in the Gold Cup, where they were runners-up. He played for the Sharks Supersport Challenge, as well as for the Sharks Curry Cup in 2017. Welcome, Brandon. Hi there, Cass. Thank, thank you for having me. Mark, thanks for having me. Okay, position-specific. We're talking about centers, number 12 and 13. Donald, if I can start with you from your side. What is the responsibility of a center in the game of rugby? Um, okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about the inside centre um, first. Okay. Okay, for me, yeah. Um, for me, um, what's more, what's important for me is obviously for him to gain line success for, for the team. So he needs to, to, to get the, um, you, you know, get front football for the forwards, to, especially if we play a kind of game of coming around the corner. So we need that inside center to do that. Um, okay, so he, we, he doesn't necessarily need to be running over people or, you know, um, being a big specimen, that kind of thing. Um, and the running, footwork and all that can still get, can get the team over the advantage line. So, so he will need those kind of skills. Okay, so, but we know that area of the field is, is mostly congested. So, a, a, a physical a physical center will, will, will do will do well there if obviously if he's got size and 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 he's quite strong um he'll be able to to, to get meters because he, he, he has to win those collisions in that area okay so okay. um he, he also needs to have uh, good distribution skills okay he must uh, be able to make good decisions when you know when he, 
in that area. Some well, basically, it also depends on the kind of style of game you play. So, so he, in other teams, he might be your second turn if you wanna look at it that yes. way. The teams that use a second turn at, at inside center, so he's like your second flyer. Okay, so he needs to be a, a very good decision maker if you're playing that kind of game. Uh, you know, with good distribution skills and 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 a good kicking game as well. Okay. So Don, just to come in there quickly, if we're talking about your 12 centre carrying the ball, um, obviously you get different different 12s. Andre Estazen is a prime example. He is a physical specimen that will take the ball up. Um, but if we take the ball up, is your primary function then to try and suck in your opposition to create space out wide, or why would why would we necessarily get our 12 to take the ball up? Because don't we take him out of the game then? Okay, so Mark, what we're looking for, okay, you could be, it could be part of your play to, to use him to, you know, like I mentioned, to get game line for you so you can set up the next play from there and play from there, obviously, like you said, bring, you know, uh, the defense a bit tight. But if, you, if you've got a skillful um, 12, like say, like a Sonny Bill Williams, you know, who can offload in those situations so other guys can run off him. And you can you, you you can use him in that way, not necessarily just to 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 go to ground and and set up a phase. So so is it is it safe to say just before we go to Brandon from a playing perspective, um, is it safe to say that, like with most plays, depending on where you are on the field, um, your twelve will come into play either to give you static ball once he's made contact, or to recycle the ball quickly for you to attack wide or different game scenarios will obviously unfold depending on where you are. Exactly. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's what, um, you know, what function you've got, how you launch your plays, say, from a set piece, you know. So it, you, if you notice, most teams will, will, will launch off a scrum maybe using a 12 to, if they've got a, a, a 12, that's a good ball carrying 12. They just think of a, a Karevi or a Laumape, for example. You know, those kind of guys, they use them to to carry the ball. So, you know, to get over game line and then from there, then, you know, then the, then you can attack maybe wide, or, you know, or come around the corner with the forwards. Brandon, from your side? Well, I tend to agree with Don. Um, from talking out of experience now at 12, um, I've always known that there's there's two different centers. You've got your distributing center, and then you've got your basher. Um, just a prime example of a distributing center, if you think of Matt Gitto, yes. that's another 10 running at 12. So now automatically he becomes a link. Yes, he is strong enough to get over the gain line, but that's probably not what the coach is looking for. Then another person that's the same as him is Sonny Bill Williams. Yes, Sonny Bill is physical, and he can get over the gain line, but he's also got the offload game. Um, and it's strange that we sit and we talk about it like that. I mean, all the teams that we're talking about is New Zealand, Australia, and they've got the centres. Um, we had it for a, for a stage. We had Jacques Ferry and John de Villiers. But, I mean, you can't compare them to your Laumapis of late. I mean, you've got a 12. I think he's 1.75 metres tall, but he's nearly 100 kgs. I mean, he's going over you or he's going around you and he can distribute. And that's why 12, 12 is, I, I always got told by my coaches, Brandon, you're glorified 
you're basically a glorified flank. You, you, you're working on the field, um, whether it's breakdown, but your main objective is first, first phase ball, set it up, put the team on the front foot, and then yeah. you go from there. So Don, just uh, carrying on from what Brandon says, obviously he spoke about two different styles of play. Um, if you look at your 12, would you say that 12, I won't say must be more skillful than a 13, but in theory, he's the one that will create space for your 13 running off him for argument's sake on attacking play. Is that well, what if, you're looking if, for? If, if you're playing that kind of style of if you want to get the ball out, then you need a creative 12 who's going to put um, your 13 out, mm. you, you know, in, in space. And, 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 and be, like um, Brandon's mentioned, the Kito, for example, a cattle bill, like Australia have also used cattle bill at 12. You know, a guy like yeah. that can can create space for players outside him, you, you know. So that's, that's if you're playing that kind of style. And then, but if you want to be more direct, then you you're gonna need a ball carrying twelve, who's just going to you know you just want them to get over the game line for you. That's that's that, that's that's what you're looking for, and that's what you want mostly. But ideally, you want one that uh, still has the skills to offload, uh, should course. it be necessary. Yeah. Although you're making contact. Yeah. Um, yes. Just yeah. the other question on that: um, the difference between your twelve and thirteen. Is it also true that your twelve or your 13 needs to be quicker than your 12 because obviously your 12 is the one that creates the space for 13 to go through or is that just a myth? I'll say, say so, yes. Uh, you, you obviously need a, 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 a 13 um, that's, that's quicker because now he has to link with your wings if you make a line break and stuff, you know, and things like that. So that's what your 13 becomes your, your, your outside link once you've, you've breached that first line. You, you with me? So his running lines and and his speed is should be quite up there. So so would you then say safely say that that's why Brandon's coaches put him at twelve because he's slower. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, and just on that, last week we touched on on nine and tens, um, and we also touched on the fact that your decisions makers are obviously at nine, ten, and twelve, or your yeah. The combination of your of your decision makers. So if you if you look at a twelve that can play ten and vice versa, and Brandon is a prime prime example. Um, I was fortunate enough to to be part of the coaching staff when he played Varsity Shield for us. I think it was twenty fourteen or yeah. twenty fifteen, around about there. Um, and those skills obviously come to the fore because uh, you think slightly different, but they complement each other. So would you then say, um, and Brandon, you can maybe come in here as a player, the difference, I know we're not touching on 10 because we, we spoke about it last week, but now that you're here, we can just from, hear from a player's perspective, uh, the transition between 10 and 12, is it very similar? Um, obviously, your, your lines might be different because you're carrying instead of distributing, but how would you adapt to something like that? Well... I won't say that midway through a game you can move from 10 to 12 if you're not a p professional. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It's when you add a 10, you, you achieve. You, you're not, you're not there to just play or fall the numbers. You need to actually command your troops where you're going, what you're doing. That's why it's also very important to have a good 12 next to you, 
Because while 10 and 9 are communicating, getting the forwards into place, that type of thing, looking for territory on the field, you've got 12 that's looking up, scanning, seeing what's going on. And that's why 90% of your calls in the back line actually come from 12. Just to relieve the stress of 10 a bit. Because um, just what how I played from previous experience, I had a fly off Chris Jordan that did not make a backline call not once. The call had to come from 12 and go through, otherwise it did not happen. And that was because he's got so much to think about. And even if, if you watch professional rugby now, your 10 is under so much pressure that he doesn't have much time to think. Yes, you're getting paid. Yes, you practice it every day. But pressure is pressure. When somebody shoots up at you, you're going to have to make a decision. And that's why at 10, it, it's, it's very, very difficult just to slot in there and expect to perform. Um, is, is that maybe why a lot of coaches now in World Rugby uses a number 10? Uh, a set at, 10. At, at 12. That could the Matt be. Kitos and the so, Eli Lulus. So, so are you technically saying it's easier to move from 10 to 12 than the other way around? I would say it's easier to move. Yeah, from 10 to 12 is much easier. I mean, if you think of it, at 12, you're there to set up yeah. and, and you're still making the calls. So, yes, but to move from 12, where 90% of your game is now set up, to go into a position where you have to become the link, the distributor. That's why you see a guy like Pollard and, and Yankees that's played in a number 12 jersey before at Super Rugby level, but you've never seen an Andre Estrezen play at, at uh, fly-off. 100%. Well, they went from first receive in the sense of kicking a ball out or so. Yes. Um, but not running the back line. Not running the back line, yeah. And that's why you'll see as well, 90% of your games where a 10 gets injured, it's either your 15 is stepping up or they've got someone on the bench. Yes. Or your scrum-off moves into 10. Because your scrum-off and your fly-off work together the whole time, and your 15 has basically got the same job. Because, I mean, at, at the back there, you're looking up, you're analyzing everything, calling calling guys into into the space. And that's why it's easier to adapt from 10 going out and not going from a set position like 12 into 10. Okay. Uh, Don, would you, well, I won't say agree or disagree, but from a, from a coaching point of view, um, how would you how would you play that if you if you had the options obviously from a bench perspective um, would you do something similar to that would you sooner have a ten that can play twelve or a, or a proper twelve that can help out at a at a ten if there's an injury? It, you know it's safer to have a ten on the bench as well. But if you if you've got um, you know, like these days, you know, you've got players who can play um, quite a number of positions. If you look at what the box did with France then at the World Cup as well, you know, because he can cover quite a number of positions. So if you place that way, yes. Because um, uh, it is sort of a specialized position, you know, so you'll need someone, if your 10 goes down, who can cover that. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? Um, I think you, um, if you... If you have a utility back that can cover, um, you know, that position, you, you know, can cover 10, can cover 12, then you, you, you're quite blessed, you, which might not be the case most times, you know, so you'll need a specialist 10 on the bench. And then, Don, 
Number 13, what would you say is his primary responsibility on the field? Okay, so we've already mentioned that he's, um, for me, is mostly like your link to the outside, to, to your outside backs. Okay, so you're looking at, at, at a guy who's got speed, um, who, who can, who's got good distribution skills, who can link, because uh, you don't want the ball to die there. So you want him to be um, able to, to get it to the wide channels where maybe you've got pace on your wings and, 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 and fullback. Um, is it yes to have good uh, running lines? That's very important. Um, okay, uh, physicality. Yeah, if you if if you've got a big center, a big outside center who can obviously break tackles, that will be an added advantage. If you're looking at that Fijian uh, that's playing at um, at, at the Bristol Bears now, what's his name, Radradra or whatever, a guy like that. That's you know. Or that Vakata plays for France. Yeah, those kind of outside centers. They, they're physical. They're good ball carriers. You know, they also help, also help in getting you over the game line as well. You know, so but they also got a good offload game. Um, but their the main thing is, 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 is they, they carry the ball well and they can link uh, with those with those outside backs. But um, the, the, in the modern game, that's become very uh, key for an outside centre. Is, is also defensive understanding. Yes. That's very. That's become very key now. That he understands defence because that's one channel you know out there where if you don't have a guy who's who's screwed up defensively, you can you, you can be found wanting you know by by teams. You yeah, know, definitely. so he needs to that's understand sure. Sure. and 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 can um, rally the troops. You know, around in, in, in terms of your defense uh, strategy and all that, and help with that. So, Don, I wanted to ask um, if you look at your defensive pattern. So, now that we've touched on it, um, would you say that your center combination is the or probably one of the key factors in a proper defensive line, um, in the sense that? Your 12 and 13 need to either have played together for a while or that understanding has to be there to ensure proper line speed or the cohesion between the two or one not stepping in and leaving the other one on the outside or so on? Yeah, definitely. Your midfield is very key to your defense. Um, the one can't work without the other, but they need to, there needs to be a good synergy there. You know, um, and an understanding of each other. Obviously, your inside um, covers your your inside channels, and then your your outside center will cover the the, the wider channels. But the 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 link and the synergy between them is very key because you could be your line could be broken there if they if they're not in sync. You know, so they they have to be a, a good link there and understanding of each other. And then just a, just another thing, um, your center combination, um, would you then say that, I mean, everyone defends from 1 to 15, other li un unlike in the olden days where, where 10 would walk off the field with a white, white rugby short. <laughs> um, so things like that have changed because obviously nowadays if, yeah. if you've got a weak defender in the back line, obviously the, the, the decent coaches would target those specific areas. But uh, would you then say that the centers are probably the ones that should be defending 
better than anyone else whose technique should be spot on. And I'm going to come back, um, or not come back, but I'm going to extend that to say that they obviously become like your loose forwards as well because they need to be on the ball if there is a defensive line break or the center makes a tackle, so they need to clean and try and steal ball. But they need to be your strong defenders in the back line. Definitely, especially I would say your 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 twelve close to the to your flanks is is one of the guys. If you take most of the stats of the teams, who who makes um, um, you know the highest number of tackles in a in a game. So because where most teams will uh, probably attack, you know, coming around the corner, using forwards around the corner there and all that, and uh, so. Your 12 has to be a real, a real good tackler. You 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 want him to be to be quite good at that. Um, so 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 with Petin, um, with Petin in you know in sort of in the wider channel, there's not much help. There won't be a, as much help, you know, in in terms of assistance there. If you know in terms of defence, because it's a bit wider. Uh, 12 might have maybe a loose forward cross or. Or maybe the ten close as well, you know. But in the thirteen channel, you, you find your 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 thirteen might be isolated sometimes. Some teams are quite actually quite good in in maneuvering your defense to isolate your thirteen like that, you know, leave him on his own so they can exploit the spaces around him. You see, so he he will need to be someone who can who, who can read the game defensively, understand exactly, and and be able to you know to call for help and make sure that. You know, you're not found wanting in, in, in that space. So, Brandon, if I can ask you then from a defensive point, and the more you play 12 more often than not, um, would you then say your 13, from a reading a defensive line in that, should be more vigilant than your 12? Because obviously, your 12, everything is happening in front of you. Where 13, there's more space. More so if you're 14, depending on which side of the field you are, either your 14 or your 11 is hanging back. Hanging back yeah. So your footwork has to be better, your body position has to be better, you need to be quicker on your feet, is that, is that a fact? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, as Donald had mentioned, at the 12 channel you've got a lot of forwards coming around, so you, you're quite tight. And if the communication isn't, isn't on point, and they're not telling you to push out, 13 14 or 11 can be exposed the whole game that's why offset offset piece what we did is we used to shoot up hard on the inside so 10 will take up the line or 9 will take up the line extremely quickly but then 12 will hang a bit 13 will hang a bit and then ultimately using the touch line as another defender um, yes you're giving them a few meters although you guaranteeing that you're buying time to get across. Um, there's nothing worse than getting exposed at 13. And I've seen it happen a number of times. And 13, you've got to be quick. And you've got to be nimble. Um, I've played with a lot of 13s. And from a 12 to a 13, if there's a communication gap, you're going to have problems all day. And the opponents are going to attack you there. Secondly, if there's no such thing as one week you're playing with somebody, next week you're playing with a new 13. What happens is you're so unsettled that you just don't gel. And that's when gaps start coming in. 
that's when wings start calling 13s out and you calling 13 in and big communication problems so thir 13 outside center has to be vigilant and they have to be quick on their feet so if they need to shoot because they see they need to get man and ball overlap in front of them they need to go but the thing is you need to be clinical if you if you're going out of your way to shoot you need to get man and ball there's no other option otherwise you just have to buy your time and i think that's a very big problem that we have is 13s we we tend to think that 13 with the new game has become another 12 uh bastia rude it's not the quickest but gets over the gain line offloads to the wings the wings are gone but that's 12's job now so you need to find that balance and um i think it's easy to find the balance it's just you need to work work together and 12 and 13 is so vital in defense um basically i i see them as the backbone in in defense i mean broken play your third your 12 and 13 your centers can be split having forwards in between them as long as they're communicating you know everybody's going up in one line everybody's doing their job it's not a problem but if there's not that connection you're gonna have problems all day so don as a coach um if you look at when a line break has has been made through your side would you would you then say one of the first ports of call that you would go to as a coach is to look at the communication between let's say 10 12 and 13 is that where it, where it breaks up more often than not there, there could be other factors you know um uh, maybe um like i said they can um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, move your defense around to 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 expose to expose you know or isolate the thirteen and all that, and then the line break happens. No, and and basically everyone is done their job, but maybe they just they ran nice lines and and maybe your inside center fell for a decoy and 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 then they, they put someone through that space or an extra man like a blindside wing or something like that. You, you understand yeah, yeah. so but uh, i'm with you um there has to be good um communication between the two and 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 the rest of the of the backs because we as brandon mentioned if, if we if if you're not connected if that whole defense line is not connected irrespective of who's there you know if you're not connected if there's a it's like a chain mark once there's a chip in in one of those um links uh, then you then you're done for okay. you, you, the, the whole chain breaks you, you understand so everyone is gotta be really connected and, and on the same page and understanding if we if we're pushing up we all push up if if we if we're gonna tackle in everyone tackles in if we're pushing out we all push out do you understand so i'm not, not you having the one guy pushing in and the one guy is he's staying behind or the one guy is taking in and the one is taking out and that's where that's where gaps open and then you get cut. So, yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that. So just for, for our listeners, um, if you play against a team that runs a lot of dummy lines and so on and so forth, I'm talking midfield specifically as we're touching on 12 and 13. So you have many dummy runners, maybe a loop around, whatever the case might be is. Um, sometimes you hear people saying, 
12 mustn't follow 12. In other words, if 12 moves from his channel into 13, he mustn't follow. He must stay in his channel. Um, some say you must follow. Some say you need to be static. As a coach, how would you explain to your players, and I suppose coaches differ here, so, so this is, this is your, your decision only for yourself now, but um, how, would you, how would you mold your players not to fall into a specific trap? Because obviously as a center, everything happens at high pace. You're, you've got big forwards running at you, so your decision time to make decisions is is very limited. It's split decisions you need to go. If you play against a team that recycles quickly, by the time you get into your channel, they might be gone. So there's many factors that, that play a role in this. But if I'm a 12, like Brandon is now, so if, if Brandon is a 12 and I'm his 13, would you tell us to stay in our channel or do we follow our opposite number or how would it work? No, the defense is fluid. You you can you cannot say I'm I'm gonna stay in my channel or or I must follow my twelve or it's true because you it, it, it's do you understand it's a picture that's in front of you what the what the attack throws at you do you understand so we gotta identify who who we taking and we communicate it and everyone is clear on who's going for who and who's taking who that's why I said if if. If they've got, let's say, for for example, Mark, they, they brought a blindside wing and they got numbers up, and we all, we all going to tackle in, you, do you understand, to cover those numbers on the inside, do you understand? So they might have an extra man outside. So I would rather they beat us on the outside than break us in the middle, do you understand? Because maybe then our cross cover can get that guy if he runs through, do you understand? But if they break you in the middle, they, break, they get through the... And then they, they just put numbers behind that ball you're done for because then they're just going to uh, play an offload game and you you finished. So Brendan mentioned it earlier. You try and, If you can try and push them to the touchline as much as you can so you can use that as an extra defender, that will work. You, you, you know what I mean? Hmm. So we might need to do that. So it's fluid. It, you, you, can, you cannot be... Um, you, specific that you you just gotta follow 10 you gotta follow 12 you you know you don't know who might be coming that way and and who it might be a blindside wing for example and i i might have 12 i might be marking 12 but then they bring blind the, the blindside wing in, in and i have to adjust to tackle that that blindside in so that means my 13 now must adjust to tackle my 12 yeah. you understand and then the 14 must adjust to tackle his 13 so that will probably leave maybe their 15 open which we'll need our 15 maybe covering that that guy on the outside or our our, our blindside wing will be working his way across so he can catch him on 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 the on the on the overlap or something like that so it's fluid okay then just the last one um would you then if you if you're playing against a team that has many variations in midfield would you obviously you 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 might have forwards standing in between the backline players now so depending on on how you play you might have some of your forwards standing on the outside and the tram lines but would you have your your players standing closer together um to try and avoid certain things and try and give them space on the outside or would you be staggered equally across the field or would that also depend Time cover as as much of the width of the field as you can. So you know, to be honest, I prefer I prefer to have my slower players more on the inside and my quicker players on the outside, if it makes sense. 
Yeah. It does. That's so why Brandon plays on the inside. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you, you don't want the lock, for example, um, sitting outside your 13 and then he's running against the wing or something like that. He's got, Obviously, he's going to be shown up. You know what I mean? So you try and push them more inside if there's time. You try and get them more inside, so it will be more your tight forwards um, closer to the breakdown, and you're going to your to, to your loose forwards, and then your out your, your outside backs on the wide channels. That's what. But the, the 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 spacing will depend on who's inside or outside you. So if it backs, if it backs on their own, who are quick or with loose forwards, the spacing might be a bit bigger. You understand. You know what I mean? Because they've got, they can, they can cover that easily. But if it's like a lock and a lock next to each other, or a lock and the and, and the prop next to each other, they they need to be in a comfortable distance that they can they can cover. It might be a bit tighter. Don, just on that, I think, um, just going back to, I think what the the biggest thing is communication on defence. I mean, if you've got a ruck in the middle of the field, and you've got your tight five in between your 12 and 10 that's a problem because they're going to attack there and that's why i think heads up rugby on defense is always it's always going to happen you need to be looking up um, sometimes you don't always have the time to shift out and let your heavies yeah. move in and then it's just it's just one of those things you need to make your tackle but i think the biggest thing on on defense and don you can correct me if i'm wrong here um it's just you need to follow you. Once the ball has gone past you, you have to cover the inside. Um, Definitely. You, get, you can watch highlights after highlights on YouTube where you actually see ball goes past 12. So instead of 12 following the pass, he's now stopping. Yes. One little ball inside, you're gone. You're in the middle of the park. Definitely. You've got boys left and right of you. You're free to go. So that's why it's very important, and that's why I've always known is to push up and out. If if they've got numbers on you, you buy your time, you swim, and then you just tread back once again using the the out the line as another defender. So just on that, yes, it's vital to get your heavies in and to get your loosies in and that type of thing, but it all boils down to just being on the same page. I mean, we used to get it drilled into us, pull a post. Yes. Uh, every single training session I think I went to, it was A, B, A, C, B, and you had to fold and get into place. And then, then only once you were set, your pull and post did not move. Everybody else moved. And that gets drilled into you from such a young age that when you're playing at a higher level, you automatically know to look up and scan out and shift out knowing that they're going to try to expose the heavies around you so yes it comes down to experience as mark you mentioned earlier you can't buy experience so it comes down to experience but just communication that's all it is on that yes, now, um, yes donald sorry mark yeah the, the thing is also brendan why i mentioned having tighter forwards closer um because what do most teams play? So they they would probably one phase. Obviously, you you 
you analyze your opposition and know what they're doing, okay? So what they will probably do. So if they play a phase, come around the corner, who do you want tackling those forwards coming around the corner? So you want you want forwards on forwards, do, do you agree? Okay, yes. so that's what you want. You want forwards tackling forwards and backs tackling backs. So you don't, you don't have mismatches. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have mismatches anywhere. So you, 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 you don't want backs running on against your forwards, especially in the wider channels, because mm-hmm. they will be exposed, because they're slower naturally. And you, you, you don't want big forwards running against a small back in the closer to the to the breakdown, because most probably they, they might be a bust there, you know. Even if he is able to to slow him down like a, it might be a speed bump, he might still be able to offload yes. and they're through. You understand? So you, you, you want physicality against physicality and you want pace against pace. So 100%. that's how you try and organize your, your, your defense that way. Donald, on that point now, uh, what would you say is the physical attributions, physical attributes for a 12 and 13 in a nutshell? Okay, 12, um, a physical Big 12 will be an will be an added advantage, obviously, because you, like we said, that area where he he will mostly run to is a congested area. So you want someone who win collisions there for you, okay? Okay. So yes, definitely, you someone who's going to win um, the collisions if it, if it happens. You don't want someone who will be tackled back every time, and you're not gaining. Because what remember what we mentioned earlier, we said. Um, gain line is is more is, is their primary job for us to try and get the get the ball in front of the forwards again, you know, for us so we can have go forward ball. Yes. So you you need a, someone who will be able to carry well strongly, and and and, and is physical to get past them. And if he can offload, even better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thirteen, you're just looking for speed and and footwork. You know, if he's big. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an advantage, but uh, you're looking for speed and footwork, and you, you know exp- exp- explosiveness, basically. Yeah. Don, just on that quickly, um, if you if you look at the olden day rugby, let's let's speak South Africa specifically now. So, we we play physical rugby where we like taking the ball up, we like to make contact, and that. And you you alluded to a bit of footwork earlier on in your in your discussion now. Um, if you look at New Zealand rugby, these guys take a ball up and they obviously make contact as well, but they use a lot of footwork to suck opponents in where South Africa maybe we reluctant to try and shift the player off his defensive line or whatever to possibly suck two players in. Would you then say that your 12 should in theory also have decent footwork? Um, because if I had to run at Brandon, instead of running straight at him and only committing one player, I would like to run, let's say, in between him and 13 to bring both of them in so that we can automatically create space like that on the outside? Definitely. That's why I mentioned Sonny Bill Williams. You know, he was big physical and he had footwork and he could, you know, get into those spaces like you say, Mark, and then offload, you know. Um What's the best thing we want when we attack it, when we are attacking a defense? We, we we don't want to give them an opportunity to reset again. So if we keep going from breakdown to breakdown, it allows the defense to organize, especially if they've got a an open side flank who can slow the ball down. Do you understand what I mean? 
So he will buy them time to organize again. So if we can get past them and and we don't we do not and and, we, and there are no rugs formed and we don't form rugs, it's difficult for them to set that um, their defense line to, to come at us again with line speed and, and that kind of thing. So if your twelve can use footwork and get in between and can offload and and create space and we we just keep getting behind them all the time and we don't allow them to set, it's a it's a, it's a big advantage. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about it now off the top of my head. If you think of someone like Ma Nanu, he's yeah. a big boy. Yeah. He's got feet. He can offload. He can run over you. You've got all three options there. And then I'm just thinking of the time that he had Conrad Smith next to him. Conrad Smith is not the smallest, but running a line, he's he runs perfect angles. He's brilliant on defense. And also, he's got wheels. So if you, if the 12 gets over and gives it to 13, Conrad Smith, nine, 99% of the time, he's going to finish or they're going to score once, they, once, once they've turned you. And I think what's so important, and there it also just comes back, back to following and um, just tracking. If 12 gives a ball to 13 and 13's gone, your job's not finished. You have to follow up. You have to run that support. If he gets tackled, you you either there to clean or for the pop. There's always options. But I think that's that's the biggest thing that needs to start happening. And we see it every day. We give the pass and we just drop back. Job's done. Yeah. Let, let's fall. We, it's not our job to, to clean a ruck or to steal a ball. And 13s don't steal. Ever. <laughs> Then just to, to sum it up, uh, Don, um, the difference between a 12 and a 13, if you can just sum it up, what would you look for? Um, I would say maybe your your 12 would be more of your ball-carrying kind of um, cre- cre- creating uh, kind of player and 13 is your more um, runner-finisher kind of player. That's That's the best I can think of. Um, that, that's what you, you you're looking for, and okay. and the link with the pattern is more of a link with the obviously with your outside back. Yes. Mm. Just a last one from me, John, with regards to the centres. Um, your is it true that your running lines for your centres are similar to your loose forwards in the sense of sixes and sevens? The reason why I'm asking that in the in the days gone by, the older you got the closer to the forwards you moved. And the <laughs> ideal spaces for your 12 and 13 was to go to loose forward. Is it still like that? Yeah. <laughs> Don, you don't have to sugarcoat it. That's what happens. You, you're exposing your age here, Mark. <laughs> Aren't you older than me? <laughs> so is that is that not so anymore? Or do the people, the players just stop playing when they when they get too old? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, what, what I can say, they, they basically they need to complement each other. Do you understand? They, they have to complement each other. Your 12 and, and 13, um, just like your 6 and, and 7, or your loose forward, you, you got to have a balance there, or now they complement each other. You know, um, 
it that, that, that's key. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. The old, the slower you get, obviously, um, <laughs> some coaches in club in club rugby, especially. Might so there's no space for gas in your team, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> um, Brandon. From your side, if you can sum it up, the difference between twelve and thirteen. I I've always thought of your twelve. As I said in the beginning, you've got two twelves. So it all depends on who you're playing against and just doing your analysis on your opponent. I mean, um, yes, you want to have a set 12 and you want to have a set 13 and you want them to be all-round game players. As we had mentioned, Matt Ghetto being able to play 10 and and being that basher. So if in the perfect world, I would most likely have Dalmapia at 12 and then at 13 have somebody like a jock for e. I mean that's 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 a name that you don't hear much of anymore but he the things that he did in a box jersey were phenomenal yes. I mean from Definitely. speed to defense um, just all around perfect 13 I would think thank you gentlemen appreciate that now getting to the the game of the weekend green versus gold there's a lot of talk about it, and I think from a spectator point of view, there's uh, a lot of opinions. But looking at the coaches, and Donald, I want to ask you and Mark here now, uh, Springbok coach Jock Nienab has said, the experience of giving some of the country's brightest prospects the chance to work with the Springbok coaches and learn from the experienced World Cup winning Springboks was the splendid concept with lots of benefits for the future. Now, if you're looking from a coach's point of view, I think Jock and Rassi got what they wanted. But I, I do think that the broader South African spectator base will disagree with that. Donald? Yeah, obviously, the game wasn't much of a spectacle for people um, who were watching at home and... Um, it wasn't as, as what we expected, entertaining and preparing kind of rugby. But I think um, obviously the coaches went there with um, they, they have plans. They want they, they they know what they want out of this. Um, I think Jacques is thinking about the rugby championship and how the Springboks are going to play there, and he wanted to get everyone on on the same page as quickly as possible. You know, even those youngsters that they brought in and the new faces, so they understand the way the, the Springboks, um, you know, play play international rugby, basically, which is based on on set piece dominance, scrums, malls, uh, a good defence, you know, and 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 scoreboard pressure. That's basically what it was, and that's what they they that, that's what those two teams played. And it's not it's it's not it's not um, entertaining rugby, but it's winning rugby. I think if you if you look at firstly, if you try and analyse the game, what's what's been happening as well. If you listen to social media, a lot of people have looked at New Zealand playing their North versus South and compared that to South Africa's Green and Gold. Um, I don't think you can compare the two. Firstly. Um, obviously our type of rugby that we play is different and so on and so forth but what South Africa did is if you if you look at the amount of Springboks that played in the World Cup 
that was on display on Saturday compared to when New Zealand played their North versus South, there was a vast difference. And, and part of that is because a lot of our South Africans are now playing overseas, so they weren't part of this. We saw quite a number of youngsters coming through, and I think from a coaching point of view, that is probably one of the reasons why this was put together to see what our future holds at that specific level um, because there was quite a bit at stake there players it's like a trial game players had to play to try and prove a point Sanele Noamba is a prime example I mean he outplayed some of the Springbok nines that were on display there yes. and he's a youngster he's 21 yes he's a local boy but um, that specific talent at that level stands us in good stead and you can look right from number one to number 15 to the bench that came on um Rossi, when he put this together with jock ninaber obviously had a specific plan i don't think it was to please the spectators definitely there's a not. bigger picture in this and as we alluded to in previous weeks if we do go to the championships that's part of it i think he will still play around with certain players there. Obviously, we're going to take an extended squad. I think a lot of the youngsters will be part of that. But their main aim is to wait for the British and Irish lines to land. That is what it was about, to see our youngsters coming through. The young guns were part. I think there were 16 or 19 young yes, guns that were quite part a few of the training yes. sessions. Um, a lot of the influence, I mean, I look at a guy like JJ van der Mest, for argument's sake. Yes. If you like look at social media and all the posts that he made, what an honor to play with this player and that player. Although he's a Springbok in his own right in the juniors, it is such an awesome experience for them to learn from the older guys. Same as we spoke to Brandon earlier with regards to experience and that. that the youngsters can only learn from these guys and giving them exposure like that is completely different to playing Curry Cup and all of that. So the, the pressure is different. You now need to try and play for a space in that Springbok side. That's why you were selected. It's one of the, it's a few of the better players in South Africa that was part of that. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a photo of um, Kate Walletta at age 10 with Elton Yankees. And then they showed them on Saturday where they were standing together and actually playing together. And just the, the pride that Kate spoke about playing with him now, meeting him at age 10 and now playing with him in that game made a huge difference. Just something we spoke about over the past couple of weeks, Mark, was um, the number of youngsters that Australia and New Zealand um, included in their squads. I mean, they were talking about 13 and 14 youngsters, new caps in those sides. And now Rassi and, and um, um, Nino sure. went and, and included all these youngsters. Um, do you think there's a specific aim behind this? Yeah, look, I think there's there's a few different scenarios. Um, you can't you can't really compare our green and gold squad that we that they got together to play against each other on Saturday to the Australian and New Zealand squads that were selected to play in Super Rugby and to play the Bledisloe Cup that starts on this weekend. Um, however, as we also discussed previously, some of these youngsters that were selected to play in green and gold have been earmarked. A few years ago already. yes they, they have, have come yeah. through our system um, we obviously have plans for them some of them might not have stood the test of time on Saturday but so did some of our season spring box also not stand 
waste of time. So um, I think the long planning ahead is what it's about. I mean, some of these youngsters, Noamba, for argument's sake, is 21. Yes. I mean, he's still a baby in his own right. Um, he can obviously play at that level. He's, he's, he's shown that, and so have all the, all, well, most of the other youngsters. So I think the planning is what it's about. It, in theory, from their coaching perspective, I don't think it had much to do with the championships coming up. It possibly had quite a bit to do with the Lions tour coming up, but this definitely is a future plan. So we are now, other than take the Lions out of it, we are now looking at building at the next World Cup where we need to defend it. And a lot of these youngsters will be 23, 24, 25 when we hit that stage. And that is what we're building towards. Brandon? That actually makes sense. Um, Mark, you've highlighted it. Um, when... I mean, just from from a rugby rugby playing point of view or ex rugby playing point of view, um, you you sit and you watch a game like that from a spectator's point. You're thinking to yourself, is it it's is there only one game, 80 minutes? How much can you really see? And you guys have mentioned it now. The coaches saw exactly what they wanted to see. They're building towards what's yet to come. Where we where we thinking about entertainment right now, and we thinking why don't we see more names? Why did this one get such a little game time? Things like that, but it all comes down to just the coaches know what they want. Um, before before that starting whistle was even blown, they already had an idea of what they're looking for, who they're looking at. Um, somebody I think Damien Willems said didn't have the best game he's played but when you look at all his previous previous appearances he's got all the talent in the world he's got a very bright future so for Sanele to Nohamba to come out first appearance and just knock it out of the park and yes. just put your name out there yes he's come through the ranks from junior level straight through um, he's not the biggest either but he came onto the field did what he had to do and knew what was at stake. Don, just to touch on what uh, Brandon is saying now, um, going back to Damien Willemson, one feels one feels for him uh, for the simple reason that he obviously knows that there's a pos good possibility that he could could possibly be one of the front runners for the ten position, seeing that um, Andre Pollard is injured. Uh, from a coaching perspective, and and they interviewed some of the coaches afterwards to say that a player has an off game and obviously he had an off game but as a youngster because one forgets that he's been on the scene for quite a while he was in the World Cup as a replacement but one forgets that he himself is only 22 I think if I'm not mistaken um, don't you think that type of pressure gets to a player and yes you are exposed and, and, and I agree with that but the coaches that are surrounding him are the ones, as Brandon alluded to now, that know exactly what the caliber of this youngster is. The coaches will still back him, but there might be slight areas in his game that they might try and tweak to accommodate him. Having said that as well, your, your players on your inside and outside also make it easier for him. So um, as a coach, how would, you, how would you see his play? Do you think that um, he has a future and obviously a Russian then will still look at him? Or do you think he's possibly taken a back step now because of what happened on Saturday? There's, there's no doubt he's a talented player. You know, we've seen him what he's done um, 
um, for you know for Western Province in Caricap or the Stormers in Super Rugby before and what he brings um, to the game. But obviously he's got a, a quite a bit of um, work on to do himself. I mean his goal kicking is not really quite up there for an international flag. You, 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 you know what I mean? Yes, we might say, okay, we maybe we might use someone else. Um, you know, but um, if you look at Springbok rugby, the way we play, um, our our tens normally have quite a good kicking game. So that's one, I would say, one aspect of his game that he really needs to work on and improve. I, I don't think they'll cast him aside. They know the talent that he's got. I think they, they will now show him, um, you know, identify those areas that he really needs to improve on uh, to be able to play at that level. And they're going to work with him and, and assist him to get there, you know, because he's one of the players that we play for us maybe in the World, in the World Cup in, in France in 2023, or, you know. And I think that's what this is about as well when you look at all these youngsters that they are looking at now. These are the guys that they're looking who probably play who will be knocking on the door or some of them might be in that squad that goes to that World Cup. Donald, on on this World Cup um, subject, I see that Pepsi Butelezi has been earmarked to, to be the junior Bok captain again. Um, would you say that this this game was used to give those youngsters, the Pepsi Butelezis, the JJ Fanamesh, uh, Miller Ace, um, uh, Volita, all these guys, a chance to run before they go and play against New Zealand in the under-20 games? Um, I, I, I think they might be over that. Those guys are over 20 now. Uh, I, I think, Cassie, they might be over 20 Pepsis and they're 21, I think, this year. Yeah. Um, so... They, they, they probably, yes, they will be looking at them for you know as a as a future um, international players that will have the JJs and 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 those guys, the Mullah Aces that you mentioned. Yeah. So they, that's why they 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 bring them to the fold so they can understand the ethos and the you know the workings of 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 being a Springbok. It's very invaluable learning from. Um, from the senior guys, can you imagine standing next to Dwayne Vermeulen? I saw JJ talking to I was, I was yes. to 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 Dwayne Vermeulen at uh, um, I think uh, at halftime or something like that. So the, can you imagine the the information and the knowledge that is that that he got out of that? You know, Definitely. from a guy like that. To, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very invaluable to expose them. I think it was a, 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 a it's a it's a good it's, it's a good thing that they did to to, to expose these these youngsters. At, you know, to, to those experienced players. And I think Rashi, Rashi thinks on a different level. Um, I think he is, and I, I say this with utmost respect to all the other coaches that, that were um, in his position prior to him, I think he has brought something different to South African rugby. His thinking process is completely different. He thinks out of the box more. Um, and I think if you look at the youngsters that he's brought through, it's not going to stop there. No, definitely uh, when not. we have training camps and that, he will include some of these youngsters to, to, even if it's to carry a bag or whatever, just to listen to some of the senior players, what they do in certain situations, how they react when your blood is green. That is what it's about. Yes. And that is what we're trying to change where we fell off the bandwagon a little bit in years gone by. 
Um, by winning the World Cup has opened our eyes. It's brought the hunger back to, to be successful. And now, and it's, and it's hard, the, the highest trees normally catch the most wind. Um, we are world number one, and I can guarantee you Rossi will want to stay world number one until he resigns one day. Definitely. I'm sure you will. Just one thing to add on there. I've, I've always believed that the only way you're going to learn is if you get thrown into the deep end. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. Yes. Just put the youngsters in. Uh, 90% of them have no experience. Now you've gone into a setup like this. The, the guys that you've got posters on, on your wall, you watch videos of them on YouTube. You're now sitting next to that man in the change room. You're, sitting, you, you're binding with him in a scrum. I think the experience that you get out of that, yes, is up there. But I think just the, the amount of knowledge that you're taking in and the, once again, the experience, it's, we were you talking, can't top we were, it, eh? Yeah, we were talking about the Dwayne Vermeulen. Just, just imagine you're on the field there and you've been watching this guy for the last 10 years play and you see what he's done to people on the field and now he runs at you and you've got to stop him. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> that. And if you do stop him, the confidence that you take out of that game now going forward to go and play Super Rugby, for instance. Definitely. But look, I think, I think there are so many positives to this, positive spin-offs. If you look at South Africa and the amount of players that we have, contracted players, um, like with anything, if you go through the ranks from a youngster, you've got more chances. Yes. When you beat seniors, which is over 21s, then your chances become so much less, obviously, because there's yes. only one South African side. Yeah. When you're under 19 and under 20, it happens every, every year that they select a new under 19 and a new under 21 side. But I think what has also happened here is that the players that have been exposed to this whether they've played under 21 for the Springboks or not, is immaterial because this is a different level. You're now talking Dwayne Vermeulens that have won the World <laughs> Cup, Senior World Cup. It's not the same as under 21 rugby. Those no, youngsters not. would always cherish that moment, but it yeah. would be in the back burner. Now, Russia has given them the opportunity to play alongside these guys. All of a sudden, they say, wait a minute, I do have an opportunity to play. I might not be a senior contracted player or I, don't, I might not get a lot of game time at my union, but I am being seen, hence the fact that I'm there. Wallace was still at school last year. Yes. And no. he's already been given that specific role. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the world is open for these youngsters. What we're also obviously then trying to do is to keep them in South Africa. Um, we spoke about, last, about yes. it last week to go overseas and we all got our own opinion on that. I'm still one for that. I think it's a good thing for us to do. Um, but from a South African perspective, these youngsters know. Pepsi Butelezi, for argument's sake, he's not even the starting eight or seven in our, at our union. Yet he was called up to go and play there or to be part of, part of that group over there. So, I mean, and so you can carry on and talk about many of these other youngsters. Yes. But I think the carrot has been dangled. They're eager. They want to have that, that another chance of, of possibly making the senior Springbok side. Definitely. And I think this was an awesome initiative. Yeah. Then talking about the youngsters, um, the SA Rugby Under-21 Championship also started where Toyota Free State <laughs> marginally won against the Xerox Lions, 31-30, and the Vodacom Bulls, 36 25 against DHL Western Province. Mark, you mentioned 
the players um, up in in Europe playing in Europe. I see there's a couple of our players that done very well this past weekend. Um, Marcel Kutsia being one of them, helping uh, Ulster. And then there was the South African-born Italian international, Bram Steyn, that played with Kutsia. So we had a couple of South Africans. We also had uh, Munster's coach, Johan van Graan, Damien de Lende, also played in one of the games. And then the big one for me was Andre Estreisen for Quinns, playing against Kobus van Wijk for Leicester Tigers. In that same game, Wilco Lowe and Heinro Liebenberg. And then a youngster that I didn't even know about, the 23-year-old uh, Jordan Els at Lewis State Prop. So quite a few South Africans in those games. Yeah, we've said all along that um, it's good for South Africa that our players go and play overseas. I think you like the Els youngster because he carries your surname. But, um, <laughs> Very good player though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to, to be honest with you, um, you know, we've said all along that it's, it's good for South African rugby, even more so now that we are in all probability going to be joining the Pro 14 that will become the Pro 16. Um, I think it, it, it's great for South African rugby. Throughout the years, we've had, we've had players performing there. You can name it. Sail Sharks, Exit. We had players at Exeter. We had players all over the show. And if you look at how well they're performing, I mean, you look at a guy like Marcel um, that has just been named uh, one of the top players in, in Europe. Yes. Um, you know, if you look at a Springbok side for these guys to come back and to put their hands up, I think South Africa is in a good space. And going forward, if you if you look at where South Africa is heading and the fact that we have to go and defend our, our world championship, um, Rossi and, and Jacques have their work cut out in the sense of who to select because I think the players are going to line up at the end of the day. Yes, definitely. And all these guys are eligible for the Springbok selection. Yeah, having said that, though, there's there's a few that um, because of COVID, the, the times have now changed for them to be eligible for their countries. Um, there's there's one or two that are playing in Scotland now that are hoping to to join the British and Irish lines to come to South Africa yeah. that that we let go. Um, so obviously, if if they're not in Russia and and Jacques' plans and Scotland or British and Irish Lions select them, they'll come and play against us. Donald, your views on this? Yeah, um, you know, just of those four players that you mentioned, uh, um, I might just mention uh, Andre, um, Jordan Elves, Bram, Stan, and, you know, they, they all played their junior and, and, and their rugby here at the Sharks. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, Bram Stan played his junior rugby and under 19, under 21, he was at the Sharks Academy. So was Jordan Elsie. He's a Greenwood boy, actually. Jordan Elsie played under 19s and under 21s here as well. So it's quite, you know, closer to home. It's quite, uh, it's quite nice to see that and and what these, what these boys have achieved. And um, we 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 got so much talent in in South Africa. You know, um, that's why you know, and it's a it's a global game now. And and guys, you know, can go and 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 play. 
um, wherever, and they and they do well there. And I saw uh, Mark was talking about guys going to Scotland. There's Jakob van der Velde, the, the, the flyer. That's he's right. He's one of them. Yeah. Now he's eligible for Scotland. Uh, I had and they prop um, from the Bulls that has gone there. Forgot his name for a yeah. second. Yes. Yeah. So you see, uh, we 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 got so much talent. You know, um, if, can you imagine if we could if, if we could somehow keep all these players to, so they can all be available for Springboks? It's a uh, be yeah, amazing yes <laughs> yeah and donald just on that as well um in the news i actually read about it today about simon carrot he will he's a rovers boy have you seen uh he's currently playing at harlequins now he's also been named in the england squad now also a local two south african boy yeah. players in the england squad yeah two of them are have been selected now but Simon, I just, that's a Rovers boy. He played his under 20 rugby here and Pretoria boy as well. He came to Durban and now didn't make a name here or couldn't, couldn't make the break and went over and now yes. representing another country. 100%. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate your input. Yeah, thanks, Gus. Always nice being here. Brandon, thanks for joining us in studio. Don, thanks for coming on air via phone tonight. We missed you in studio. We'll see you uh, next week. It's always a pleasure, Mark. It's quite enjoyable to talk about rugby. So so privileged to be watching and, and we're back and, you know, watching live rugby again eh, after these crazy times we've gone through. I also just want to say thanks, Mark. Um, thanks, guys, for having having me here tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Only a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Mark. From myself, Casper Els, Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.